Hi everyone, welcome to Hubshots, episode 174. In this episode, we chat about Brian Halligan's keynote at Inbound. We play further with quotes in HubSpot deals and what to do with the whole malarkey around Google and about the changes with links. You're listening to HubShots, Asia-Pacific's number one HubSpot-focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot's tips, tricks, features, and strategies for growing your marketing and sales results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Oh, really good and having a great week. You know what? Uh, and this is just a bit of a weather update for our overseas listeners because Sydney, well, Sydney weather's just It was beautiful. Awesome. September is my favorite time of year, and the first half of this month has just been so beautiful. And then the last couple of days, absolutely pouring with rain, torrential, and so it's just what is going on. Apparently, there's thing, this thing called climate change, Ian. Have you heard of this? Apparently so, Craig. And we're, we're sitting over an ozone hole as well, I heard. But apart from that, it's been great. That's right. It felt, felt like sunshine one day and winter the next. Anyway, our inbound thought of the week, Craig. You know what? You could almost say that the climate is facing disruption. Ah, <laughs> oh, sorry. We're, we're going to talk about disruptors, aren't we? Apologies. <laughs> is that a dad joke? That was yeah, terrible. Yeah, that was a dad joke. All right. So, you know, at inbound, Brian gave his keynote and sort of dumbash. And I actually, I got up to watch this and I actually loved it. So, there were five main things that he went through. I'm just going to quickly go through all of them so you can get an understanding. But I would encourage people to actually take the time to go to YouTube and watch the keynote. You will actually learn a lot from it. I'll just mention, you don't actually have to watch it. I listen to this. Like I've got the YouTube app and I just listen on audio on the way home. It's actually, you don't really need the slides. There's a few jokes and stuff in there that you get. But just listening to it, it could quite easily be a podcast is... Um, his keynote, which is very hard to do. It's very hard to cover multiple mediums so that you can get a lot of value out of it just in audio, but then also being in present, there's, it's kind of enhanced. So full marks, this is a, a masterpiece in giving presentations, as is Darmesh's, who we're going to chat about next week. Yeah, and so really his keynote was about experience disruptors and all of these businesses, they're all billion-dollar businesses, and he kind of went through five things. The first one was get these disruptors, get experienced market fit. Number two, they remove friction from the sales process. Number three, they use personalization really well. Number four, they sell through customers and they attack their business models. So they don't just stick to traditional business models. And there was no mention of blockchain or AI in there, Craig. I think that was an interesting point because he was talking about disruption and innovation and, yep, blockchain, AI, machine learning, they weren't in any of his slides. Uh, yeah, it was. it's really about the experience, isn't it, and the model. I don't know whether I mentioned this on last week's podcast, but one of the things with selling through your customers, he was, a, he was talking about an experience he had with his dog, Oh, yeah, about the little, little T-shirt? Yes. Actually, that was all, uh, well, it kind of was selling through customers, but that was more around business buster, no, business model busting. Yes. Where, yeah, the T-shirt didn't fit, and then he said, oh, I contacted them, and they said, oh, that's fine, you keep the shirt, give it to a friend, and we'll send you a new one. And it's like, how many people do that? Well, besides Amazon, but yeah, how many companies? Well, it's kind of becoming more normal, but this is the disruption and the incumbents can't do that. They can't change their models quick enough. So yeah, it was a really good example. Yeah, and that was one of his things I think was selling through your customers where telling Brian to give that shirt to somebody else, 
was actually him selling or them selling through him right. onto onto peep onto a friend of his who had then experienced the product from that business. Right. Well, he actually gave another example of selling through customers as well, which was I think it was a cosmetics company. Yes. And he was talking about how a lot of the content and the views on YouTube are not actually the products companies, but people that use their products and basically talk about how awesome it is. And that is the way it's selling the message and creating awareness and yeah, selling through your customers in that way. That's right. Now, you're, we also have in there, Impact had a good roundup of the keynote. The Impact link Branding, yeah. they uh, And Karina Duffy. Hey, shout out to Karina. We love Karina. Really good post covering uh, keynotes, keynotes, actually. Yeah. Did a really good job. I really found uh, them valuable. All right, Craig, on to HubSpot Marketing Feature of the Week. Hey, before we do that, I just want to talk about the experience that I had and continue to have with Amazon because yes. when I was listening to Brian's keynote, I kind of felt like Amazon ticks a lot of these boxes. Correct. And actually in the keynote, he talks about how they do actually talk with people like Amazon and Atlassian and things like that to get that kind of feedback about what's a better model for selling. But I had this great experience with Amazon. So I I read a lot of friction. Uh, friction. Friction. <laughs> yeah, you read friction books, Craig. I read a lot of fiction on my Kindle, as in the Kindle app. Yes. Anyway, I, I tend to read those junky, you know, spy and um, action ones and, and detective stories. Anyway, I read this detective story and it, the end was so bad. I hated it so much. I don't use that word lightly. I hated this book. Like, I know. You, I, I have I not a, heard you say that. I had such a strong emotion because I, I, I'm not going to tell you the book. Uh, well, maybe I should, but I'm not, I'm not going to. But at the end of this detective story, the protagonist, she's chasing the killer of two uh, women, finally finds the killer and the killer kills her and gets away with it. Yeah, right. That was the end. In hindsight, the book was leading that way. It was kind of going down a, a dark path, so to speak. And I'm like, I really hate that. And I felt like there's hours of my life I'm not going to get back. Well, I'll tell you what I did get back. I got back the price of that damn book because I got straight onto Amazon. And I said, I want a refund for this outrage of a book. And straight away, I got a refund. No questions asked. Wow. Amazon just bang. In, in fact, you can actually do it on the kit. You just look into Amazon. You just request a refund for this. They take it off your app and bang, refunds. Just, I love Amazon. Thank you. So there was, even though there was no justice in that book, there was a slight bit of justice in terms of getting my money back. Anyway, that's a, my disruptor story for you. That just goes to show that experience that you had. Now, you've just spoken about it to everybody. And, you know, people are going to go and start returning their Amazon books. Well, you can do it on Kindle. I wonder what they do with the paper. I haven't, I've never tried this with Amazon to return a physical book. But can you imagine going into any bookstore like Dimmicks here in Sydney going, I want to return this book. Why? I hated it. I wonder if they'd give you a refund. <laughs> I guess the book. Maybe we should try that next week. When uh, we're... The, the bookstores of tomorrow will, will probably do it. Yeah. All right. Now, Craig, on to our marketing feature of the week. And this is about using your marketing dashboard wisely. And why we're talking about this is experiences with customers this week, but there are lots of reports you can add to the marketing dashboard in HubSpot. And I think one of the key things is that you've got to understand with all of these reports is what do you want to achieve? What do you want to see and what numbers really make sense to you? One of the things we often do is have longer time frames on certain reports. So one of the ones that I often put is the number of contacts that are created by month. 
and we look at this historically over time. So when we're talking to our customers, we can actually see over time, is inquiry consistent? And is it following a pattern? So when they go, oh, it's really down this month, I'm like, oh, hang on, let me go and check back the last two years at this same point in time and see where there's a correlation. And that really helps us understand is it something that we're doing or something we're not doing versus something of the way the market and the business is operating. And that's a really key insight. So I think tip here is understand what you want to achieve on these dashboards. Now you can slice and dice this and do whatever you want, but have the information that's important to you and don't be afraid to add some new reports. Like there are new reports that are being added all the time. Add them onto your dashboard, see how they're performing. If you like them, you can keep them. If you don't like them, get rid of them. But also you can click through to these reports and see the underlying data. That's one of the biggest things that we've seen change in the reporting part of HubSpot recently, which has been a really good change. So I'll just ask you, do you have like a set of go-to reports that you have? Because one of the things I've found with clients when we go through the dashboard when you go to add a report to it, or I wish they'd call them widgets, but add a report to the dashboard. Correct. You go and there's a list, there's so many, and you can kind of get overwhelmed and go, oh, maybe I'll take that one and this. And then the other thing, of course, you can do is those custom reports where you can have your own kind of dimensions in a way. Do you have a set of go-tos? You've got a screenshot here in the show notes, but life cycle stages, sources, how Correct. do you... What, are they yeah, they're definitely ones. So marketing performance is one of them, and that's pretty standard. Sessions by source, we do contacts uh, generated by day generally, sometimes if we were looking at longer timeframes by month. A new one that I liked, which I put in there, is the Marketing Influence Revenue Report. That's quite good. Go the extra. We have by lifecycle stage, that's a really good one. There is like stacks in the deals that I like to see. I like to see time in deal stage and to see whether people are missing certain deal stages. That's another one that I really enjoy. And in that whole deal stage funnel to understand where people are in that funnel as they're going through. And what's actually interesting, that default setting on that report in the deal stage funnel is that people have to actually pass through every stage of that funnel to actually show up. And that's the default. Now, if you check and you go, hang on, that doesn't look right. It's because this is a this is a default setting. If you uncheck that, you will then start to see all the data flow through because people can skip certain That's stages. That's a great. I remember that was a gotcha of the week. Uh, it was a fair while ago. You know, we should have a bit of a um, a recap show where we pull out our best gotchas because gotchas, that was a beauty that one. Yeah. So look, I think go with the standard to start off with, and then experiment with what you want. Over time, I I have noticed businesses that we work with on a weekly basis come back and say, oh, look, I want to know more about this or what's happening with that. And then I try to uncover a report that will answer that question or better understand how we can get to that data in a meaningful manner that they can use to make business decisions from. Cool. What about just a straight contacts per day? Do you use that with many yeah, clients? Yeah. yeah. That's one of our standard go-tos because, especially if we're doing the scheduled weekly report, you know, um, and so listeners, if you're not familiar with this, you can actually just share your dashboard to get automatically sent out as a PDF uh, or an email, straight email, well, weekly. We normally set it up weekly for clients. And if you've just got contacts for the week, it's a great snapshot. They just get it first thing Monday morning, bang. Oh, okay, I don't have to log in or you anything. Know, I'll tell you one thing I do with one of our customers is we check because certain leads that get generated are manually assigned because of the way they're handled. And one thing we discovered that 
leads weren't being assigned quick enough. So they'd appear and there was no contact owner. So I added this report to this a dashboard that got emailed out every Monday morning to the head of the business, which said, oh, here are all the unassigned contacts. Oh, so why? Who? Someone manually assigns them? Yes. Uh, why? What? What's the reason in that case? So, okay, so they have a national sales team. In certain states, we were automating the the assignment of leads to certain salespeople, certain sales teams. There were a few different states that we couldn't do that based on certain criteria that was a bit more complex than what we could achieve. Right, gotcha. So somebody in the office actually gets it and they go, oh, yeah, this should because based on this, it may be this type of equipment with this person's experience, it has to go over here. And and we just discovered that this wasn't happening in a timely fashion. So I actually said, oh, we'll keep a tab on this. So I added this into the dashboard and then he did the scheduled email every Monday morning, which sent this uh, report to the head of the business. You know what you could do? You could set up a list that is unassigned contacts. Yes. And you could trigger a workflow that any time, say, unassigned contacts goes over three, you could say, triggers the workflow, which sends an internal email that basically says, warning, warning, there's more than three unassigned contacts. And of course, as long as you've got that re-enrollment um, criteria. criteria in place, you could just be going, and that person would just be then knowing <laughs> they weren't str- on top of that, bang, there's an email going out internally and you could send it to you know key managers. That'd get them going. Correct. But that'd solve the problem right there. You can just see here the different uses of the dashboards that we have based on what, what we're trying to achieve. We could call them reprimand workflows. <laughs> you know you know how you choose, oh, contact, company, deal, workflow. <laughs> oh, reprimand workflow. <laughs> someone's KPI on the line here. That's right. And then you send them out a, what do you call it? A, what's that um, survey thing? Oh, the NPS the kind NPS of survey. <laughs> Uh, All right, moving on. All right, under the HubSpot sales pitch of the week, Craig, and this is diving into quotes on deals. Now, why are we talking about this? Because... Well, you know what? I got a call from one of our clients. He was in an airport in the US coming back from a conference, called me, and he said, oh, I'm just catching up on some work. I'm looking at these quotes in HubSpot. Uh, I just want to shoot out a a quick quote um, to a client or prospect. What do you think? Are the quotes any good? So that's the call. Are quotes in HubSpot any good? So I thought it was worth having a bit of a chat about that in the show today to give you, here's what I told him. These were my thoughts on it. And I said there's pros and cons because we've kind of played with it, but we haven't embraced it. In fact, we still do most of our quotes out of zero, as zero quotes, because then we can flip them into invoices pretty easily. I thought you'd do Quilla. Quilla for proposals. Oh, right, but for yes. Quick quotes, for quick quotes, out of, we go yes. out of um, zero which has its own problems with scalability with my team and things like that. So we are looking to move quotes, simple quotes within HubSpot. No, uh, that's interesting because what's going to happen when we have a fantastic zero HubSpot connection, Craig? Well, that's what I'm waiting to see. And this was actually one of the things I highlighted. So here's the pros of quotes. And if, you, if you're not familiar with this, it's, it's actually kind of hard to find. It's you go to a deal and then it's on your right-hand sidebar and then you create a quote. Like it's tucked away. There's no list so you can get a list of quotes or anything like that. It's like just an attachment to a deal and it's yes. hidden away. So there's pros and cons. So, well, that's almost one of the cons. I'll come to that. But the pros are really simple. Got three little templates that they use. They're all pretty good. And, and they actually look really good. They do look good. And uh, I've, we're using the modern one. So I've got a, a bit of a screenshot 
uh, in the show notes about that. Simple to add contacts and products. And in fact, once you get your product catalog in place, uh, it actually becomes really good, I think. I'll tell you another nice thing about quotes is you can add recurring and one-off items and it'll give you subtotals. Say, oh, here's your cost today and here's the recurring cost. I think that's quite nice. Uh, like zero won't sort yes. it won't handle that. E-signature is currently an enterprise, but they're going to bring that down to pro, I think, in November. So I know a lot of people just have sales pro. Uh, so e-signature is going to be nice. Prospect can get it, not proof. And, and that uh, buy button too, Craig. Yeah. Oh, the buy button. But that's on a product, isn't it? It's... Uh, you don't actually get the buy. Oh, sorry. No, you, you mean need the buy- Sales Pro to get the buy button. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So there's the e-signature, and then there's also the Stripe integration, so that they can actually, pa- yeah, Correct. approve the quote and pay. So that's nice. And here's a nice little one. I've actually got this in the screenshot. As you're preparing the quote, there's two fields. One is payment terms, and one is comments for the buyer. And you kind of have to manually type them in. But I saw, oh, there's little snippets. So you can build snippets, HubSpot snippets, which can include personalization. I tested this. Just go snippet, bang. So I've actually got two snippets set up now that'll pre-fill comments and payment terms. That's a really smart tip, correct? It's really nice. It was just hidden out there. So that's like a, that's gold in a way. So that's good. So they're the pros. Let me tell you some of the cons. The main one is you can't edit a quote after you've sent it. I find this infuriating. I, I assume there's good reasons for it, but... It's probably the the, well, big, the big thing stopping me. I can imagine if it's been approved and accepted. Well, the thing is you can, right? If you look at well, – I was testing out Panadoc earlier this week. Like once you've sent that quote, you can actually go in and edit it and it'll show show up as the difference. No, not in HubSpot you can't? No, not in HubSpot, in Panadoc. Right, right. But but that's my point, right? Yeah, Because in HubSpot you can't. Exactly. You can't edit a quote. Yep. In Zero we can. That's probably the biggest barrier. As I was alluding to before, you can't search for deals that have quotes. There's no criteria or filtering. I actually contacted HubSpot support about this. I said, look, how do we do it? They came back and it's kind of the path I was going down anyway, which is you create custom properties on the deals. So that's what I do. And in our next shot, the gotcha of the week, I'll talk about how I've implemented that. It doesn't support tax automatically. So GST, you can add a tax line, but you manually have to calculate it. There's no kind of tax codes or anything. It uses a HubSpot domain, so you can't use your own domain True. in the link. But that's the same with Zero. It's the same with a lot yes. of tools, actually. And there's no protection on quotes on deals. So let's say you, although let's say the deal is closed as one, you can still just go in and delete a quote. There's no audit log, no trail, or anything like that. Um, so you can have quotes. I haven't actually tried it if they're paid. Whether you can delete a paid quote, I'm going to assume you can't, but maybe you can. Hmm. So there's there's no real protection. So there's some of the downsides. I assume they've got plans for it. So yeah. Anyway, that's the summary of it. Did you have anything to add to that, Ian? I was testing this for a custom because they asked for in their products to have a image of the product because they sell physical products. And you can't actually do that. So that was one of the barriers with using this to, to get that done. And yeah, look, apart from that, I love how simple it is to get going quickly. That's one of the best things I've I've actually discovered by using this. So if, if you've got a pretty simple way you can do quotes and you just got to get stuff out, then maybe you just need to get a one-off payment or you need to get simply get paid. It's a great thing to use. It's not a tax invoice. Uh, that's true. It's not a tax invoice, although it does include your ABN. Correct. Uh, if you're in Australia, that's our, our tax ID. So one of the reasons that um, I like quotes in zero is because someone approves it and then I can immediately turn it into an invoice 
Here, I'm going to have to manually then go over to zero, which I would do normally if I had a proposal, say through Quilla anyway, yes. but it just shortcuts um, that preparation piece. It doesn't give you any benefit in terms of the overall process. And there you have it, listeners. There'll be more on quotes later on. Now, we better rush along. I've been yabbering so much. We're almost at time already. But shot, shot four is really just around the gotcha of the week, which is to do with quotes. And that's just to say what I've added is a custom deal property. I've made it a date picker. And what I manually have to do is when I send a quote, create a quote attached to a deal, I manually update this date field on the deal to say here's when I created a quote. Now, that's only going to work if you create one quote. If you create multiple quotes, then you're going to have, have some other way. But yeah, that's the way I get around it. And then, of course, you can do filters or views on your deals. So I actually wanted to list how many deals have I got that have quotes on them. Yes. That's the simple thing I wanted to do. So custom property is your friend there. All right, Craig, on to our market tip of the week. And this is about Google announcement about changes to rel equals no follow. Or in other words... People that build links or have people linking to their sites because they might actually guest post on another site and have a link back to their site. There's been a bit of hoo-ha this week about that and how Google's going to derank people's sites, take it off and all sorts of things. Who is saying that? Google's not saying that. And in fact, no one in the SEO community that I respect is saying, well, who, where is all this misinformation coming from? This That's is a good what, question because I got an email this afternoon and someone saying, look, our site's going to disappear in March because, you know. Oh, my goodness. Look, uh, listeners, if you've got no idea what we're talking about, that's actually fine. There's nothing that you have to do. If you're a bit more savvy on the SEO piece and you understand the relevance of links and perhaps you're even actively trying to get links to your site, which you should, create good content, have other people link to it, that's uh, a very worthwhile exercise. We know that Google sees links as votes of confidence. Even then, it won't even affect you, but you're just to be aware of it. And we've got in the show notes links to three key resources that I respect. I used to be an SEO consultant, as many people know. Um, So these are three resources you can read up about it. But for 95% of people, there's nothing to do. And really, it's like if you've got big media sites or things like that, you might want to change. It's just a change to the rel equals nofollow attribute in links. And they've got two new parameters Uh, that you can choose from. Full details in the show notes, uh, but the summary, do not worry about it. There is almost nothing you have to do. All right, Craig, on to our insight of the week. Well, you know what? We're coming up to time. This is a blog post I wrote about why I'm not really sharing much on social. I'm doing a lot on my personal blog. Uh, So I'll just leave the link. I won't dive into it. So I I want to read your five main reasons you're doing this, Craig. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Number one is you have a permanent record of it. Number two, you have a searchable record because you can search your blog. Uh, You can share the link, love. So that's a good one. Time management, avoiding the timeline time suck. I think that's a really good one. And number five, mental health, avoiding the dopamine hit of social likes. And I think, you know, these are all valid points. And I totally agree. It's like we were in a little rabbit hole just before we started recording this, looking at stuff. And we're like, oh, hang on. We need to get out of there and get, get get on with this show. So I totally agree with you. And it's something that we've got to constantly be aware and keep in check in our lives. All right, Craig, onto our app of the week. And this is the Google Maps app. You know, when you were showing me this, I was like, oh, this is the Google My Business app because it's got all the Google My Business criteria and that. And you're like, no, it's the Google Maps app. So what's the Google Maps app got? 
I was doing this because I added in a new location for a customer of ours. And then I, and then when I opened the app the other day, I saw, oh, it's showing me the weather. Oh, what else is there? And then I went on a little, little uh, wander around and I discovered that all the data in basically Google My Business that's available to a business is now appearing in the Maps app. So if you search for something, a business, for example, whatever data Google can pull off the listing, it's going to show you videos, it's going to show you posts, it's going to show you location, it's going to show you business hours, it's going to show you products that you have on there some updates that you've made. So it's like, it's all there. It's like people don't have to leave and go somewhere else. They can find everything about your business right from the Google Maps app. So my key thing is here is make sure your Google My Business is actually up to date and that you've checked it with all the new features that are available because it's showing up in places that you're probably not aware of. We must sound like a broken record how much we talk about the importance of your Google My Business listing But listeners, please just get this in place. This is not a senior person required job. This is a junior coordinator piece. You just get a process. You got to do it every week, update the Google My Business listing. We do this for all of our clients. It's kind of the first thing we tick a box, got to get the Google My Business. And seriously, it's so easy. Like I think we schedule out things and organize. It takes an hour or two for each of our clients. It's not a big task. And the amount of value they get, the other thing google my business listing you see how many impressions and clicks it gets and i compare this with companies that don't do it and then they spend all this money on a huge content strategy i'm just like get your google my business listing in place you've just like you've yeah anyway you get the point yeah look and i'd say it's important because if you look at the google stats of the number of people that do a search and then visit a local business and and the time frame i think it's like within hours of them doing a search trying to find a product or service and then visiting that local business, it's not not long between. And if you don't have information there, you ain't around. So I would encourage you to do that. Now, Craig, we've got some resources of the week and a collection of famous speeches with transcriptions. This has nothing to do with marketing. It's just an awesome resource. So James Clear has put together famous speeches. I was watching J.K. Rowling's Harvard commencement speech from 2008, thanks to this site highlighting it wonderful speech, just awesome content from really famous people giving really useful, insightful advice. Totally recommended. All right, Craig, on to our quote of the week. And this is from Sachi Toyoda. The more people use my inventions, the better the country will be. And what were his inventions? He's the founder of Toyota Motor Company, Craig. Wow, so cars. Uh, So, I mean, obviously he's got lean manufacturing and a whole bunch of other things that he's come up with. But... You know what? I love cars and I wanted a quote from something to do with automotive. Fair enough too. And and how I was relating this is in marketing, we we uh, test and measure a lot of stuff and we talk about it on this show and we share it with a lot of people that we know and that we're close to. And you know what? I'm never, I never hold things with a closed fist. And I, I know you're, you do the same is that we are happy to share and happy to help others to get a better result. Is that the expression, hold it with a closed fist? Yeah. I've never heard that. That makes total sense. Wow. I love it when I learn things like that. Well, there's the, the drop of wisdom for the day, Craig. It sure is. Well, listeners, I hope that you have enjoyed this show and you've learned something. We would appreciate if you could share it with people that, are, people that are close to you that would actually enjoy this. We would love you to also send us a message on Instagram. And we'd love to hear from you. Email us. 
our details are on the site. <laughs> you want to message us? We'd love to hear from you. I think we've got it behind a form with multiple fields and a, a capture and all kind. No, we don't. Just and then also us. the people we don't want to work with, right? <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> all right. I hope you guys have a great week. Until next week. See you later, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.